0: So they turn your stomach from like a bag into sort of a donut. Yeah. That's wrapped around its your own throat. Right. Yeah. And then that weirdly makes it better. <laughs> Butter- Scotch.
1: Shenanigans. Hey
0: everybody! Welcome to episode one one eight of Coffee with Butterscotch, the Game Dev Comedy Podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer.
1: I'm Adam and I'm thirsty. I'm Sam and I ask a lot of questions. And today is October two, two thousand seventeen. <laughs> Is that R2-D2's less known cousin? Sort of uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> smaller, less effective cousin. Octobertu, uh-huh. <laughs> <Octoberto. laughs> Uh Before we start, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show. There's going to be profanity and uh, other stuff like that. If you're a child, uh, then you should not be listening. No. So, yeah. Brothers, this week we got some crazy shit.
1: Well, First, all, <laughs> first welcome everyone to October. Yeah, Listen. welcome to fall. Yeah, October's a good month because it's, it's it's enough outside of summer that probably you're going to have more cool days than hot mm-hmm. days, but I not into October. winter enough yet where it's, like, actually cold. So it's also like the, things, only, it's the only month that's legit falling. Things out. are starting to get a little bit spooky, you know? Everything's dying. All the plants are dying. The leaves are just leaping to their deaths There's off the spiders trees. Spiders everywhere. You're mm-hmm. raking up plant corpses. Yeah, my wife loves Halloween so much that... On the 21st of September, she put out Halloween decorations. And I tried to stop her. But she was like, <laughs> "She, there's someone else apparently down the street who's also wanting to do oh, this. Oh, shit,
0: it's a race now.
1: Because I was like, no, we're not putting them out until October for 1- You got to wait till October 1st. And then someone else across the street put out some pumpkins. And she was like, they did it. And- yeah, this <laughs> is basically that idea that if, if there's a broken window on a street, it causes the whole street to descend into if chaos. If there's one skeleton on a <laughs> street. Just skeletons, Just for skeletons. Days. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're loaded up, man. We're ready to rock. Yeah, we've got
0: a we've got a skeleton that we that we hang on the lamp outside, but mm-hmm. our dog is absolutely terrified of skeletons <laughs> for some reason. And balloons and balloons. skeletons and balloons it's are amazing. the kind of the two. She
1: must have seen too many Stephen King movies. Yeah, the
0: two spookiest <laughs> things: skeletons and balloons. Uh, all right, so what's So we got some news for this week. The first thing is uh, that Sam and I have sort of finalized our prep to go to. Uruguay mm-hmm. and give a talk at a game conference down there. Pretty
1: exciting. It's so our first invite outside of the U.S. for giving some talks. That's dope. Yeah.
0: yeah, we we have actually given a talk uh in Portugal, but over remote. Skype. Yeah, so <laughs> this one's gonna be legit in person. um There's a good chance that we're gonna be running a workshop down there mm-hmm. and and giving a talk and doing panels and it's gonna be busy. Uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. But it should be a lot of fun. So when we've never been to Uruguay, I've never been to South America. Yeah, so, in Central America.
1: Yeah, I guess, yeah, I
0: yeah. Either. It's hmm. just way down there. It's on the whole. It's on the whole other it's half, far of away the, of the planet. Yeah. It could be about eighteen hours of travel. Well, the
1: Weird thing. Apparently, it's going to be summer down there. Which someone told me that, and I was like,
0: "What? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Talking about yeah. is that summer or December? That, is that, is that whole Earth tilt is
1: thing? tilted. Yep. So we're winter. They're summer, and then we switch. Yep. Yeah. It's just zany. It's a zany place. <laughs> I'm like where a parka up here in St. Louis, and then I get down there and have okay. to shed all of my clothes. Just I mean, all of them. All of them. <laughs> that's, that's what happens in summer. What yep. are you going to do? Um, so that's kind of exciting.
0: We'll we'll probably uh, be talking more about that as it as it approaches. But that is happening. It'll be sort of early December. Um, so if any of our listeners are in, you know, in Uruguay, or South America, what's or, the name
1: of the conference? Uh, I level, level UI level up, level yeah. up Uruguay. Yeah, ah,
0: or blue. if you want to mm-hmm. abbreviate it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we also uh, starting yesterday. We have healthcare. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, it's been a crazy process and something that, you know, if you're starting up a studio, something you don't really think a lot about is like, hey, when we, if we start to expand, if we're going to have people, people. And then they've got all these like organs mm-hmm. and like juice in their bodies that keeps coming out, like mm-hmm. bleeding everywhere. Yeah. You know, people are just these meat bags that are always falling apart and we got to make sure to like, keep the seams sort of stitched up. This is
1: our right. operation protect our meat bags. Protect our meat bags. So uh, so uh <laughs> Monique actually did all the work to get all the good uh get the stuff put together for us and had our benefits person come in. We have a benefits person who came in to visit the studio, <laughs> walk us through everything. Tom's cool guy Tom's a good dude. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um and it's just I think it's just a really weird thing to be able to do. It's a weird thing to both be able to do and to have to
0: do. Right? Yes. Because we live in a country where we've somehow decided that That even though everybody gets sick, like literally this is a thing that everybody needs, like food, like uh, shelter and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff, uh, you need to not be dead. Yeah. And so for some reason, we've decided as a society that what we do is we just offload this, this problem onto every individual person uniquely. It's kind of like Internet Explorer, right?
1: Yeah. Where they're like,
0: we're not going to adhere to any web standards. You adhere to our standards. Yep. Yep. Um, and so it's a, it's a cool thing to be able to do to make it so that our, our people don't have to worry about that, but yeah. it's also kind of fucked up that,
1: that, we, have that we have to, to yeah, well, we, with all the turbulence, <laughs> with, with all the questions about what's going to happen. Is there, are they, is the government going to repeal the healthcare stuff? Is it going to be possible for people to deal with it? Well, we in, don't our, know. in our state, our, uh, our own exchange for the ACA has, is now going to be down to one company. Correct. Right. One might not even call it an exchange at this point. No, I'm pretty sure that's a it's monopoly. Now, it's, I think yeah. that's now so, just
0: you just buying your health insurance from that one company yeah.
1: like normal. So, so- <laughs> yeah, we were looking at that. And then we also celebrated my uh, two-year post-transplant. Two years cancer-free. Cancer-free. So these things happen at the same time, um, basically. And there's a big point there, which is that we want to build a studio that actually can support its people and help in in the appropriate scenarios where we feel like everyone needs some help, and so so this is one of those things. So there, we're gonna do whatever we want. Everybody, can shut up about it. <laughs> and now we don't have to worry about the bullshit that's going on just everywhere yeah, else.
0: I guess government's not gonna do their job. We'll do their job. Yep, but only for ourselves. Just for just for it's, it. it's the American way. Yeah, <laughs> everyone for themselves. Uh, Great. So now that we've got that, uh, now Adam can finally get his throat fixed. Which yep, I can finally get my GERD surgery, which I'm doing yep. on Monday next week. So you Adam has reached a point where he has had food stuck in his throat for days at a time. Yeah. Because of difficulty swallowing. Yep. Which uh I guess is I guess sucks. I don't
1: I mean it's it's really <laughs> not the best. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's makes big. it hard
0: to program or move or it's think. very
1: distracting. Mm-hmm. It's just not and of course now I have to basically just eat a liquid diet. And so you want
0: yeah. to talk about what they do for this procedure? Oh, yeah, so this is it's pretty cool.
1: It's called a, 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 Nis, a Nissan. I don't know how to say the guy's name. They're all named after people, you know, but it's like, it's like a Nissan. <laughs> so it's like, a, it's a Nissan. <laughs> Great making model. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fun, fun duplication. Mm, sounds fun. Nissan fun duplication. Fun duplication. That is sounds that just joke? like, that's just a car. No. Right? <laughs> the <laughs> Nissan fun duplication. It's, it sounds like a car. Is <laughs> that a 2010? <laughs> I think it's actually Nissan. I think with an E, but I don't know. Anyway, same difference. Uh, but the, the idea is so, so probably Where's the fun dip Come into play So the What's fun dip right? so, so basically They go into your guts Right So that's where That's where the dip comes in okay. They dip it right in, there. To get in now, there Now the fun part is They grab a hold of your stomach uh-huh. right? This is real by the way This, this is, this is, this is real This, this is a real procedure They grab a hold of your stomach And then they wrap it around Your esophagus So the esophagus is the tube That goes from your mouth To your right. stomach So your right? stomach is below Your esophagus It's, that, oh, it's like at the end of it It's at the end of it yeah. yeah So then they just grab Like they grab a lobe of it Lobe They just loop it around there Loop around the esophagus esophagus and then staple it to itself so they they tie your stomach around your throat correct they turn so they turn
0: your stomach from like a bag into sort of a donut
1: yeah that's wrapped around it's your own throat right yeah and then that weirdly makes it better well so so the idea idea is that there's basically there's probably two things that i have going on right now so one is is just normal like shitty gastric reflux stuff Mm -hmm. actually might be three things uh so that's coupled with we're gonna find this all out on Friday because I have some an initial exam. So we'll, uh, next week I'll tell you all the awesome stuff that my body got fucked up with. But yeah, uh, but probably I have a hiatal hernia, which is where so normally your diaphragm sits above your stomach, right under your lug, under your lungs above your stomach, and your esophagus just goes through a hole in your diaphragm, that muscle that goes across just, just, just a hole, It just Dive goes it through in. the hole. So the diaphragm is the thing that when you breathe, that's your diaphragm pulling down to cause your lungs to expand, right? Right. So uh, so there's just a hole that goes through there. So your esophagus goes to that hole into your stomach bag. Okay. So that's cool. I'm with you. It's wacky design, but it gets the job done. Yeah. Except when your stomach is like, fuck you, I want to get on the other side of this hole. Right? Mm. Sometimes you just want to cross some barriers. <laughs> Sometimes you got to cross some barriers. Stomach is like, you can't keep me in a diaphragm. Exactly. So then, so then it pops up through this hole. So, so anytime a thing goes where it's not supposed to go, that's a hernia pretty much, right? So it pops up like, through hey! this hole. Yeah. <laughs> But of hey course, guys. hey lungs, but when it, when it does that, <laughs> now it's actually being like constricted because it's basically made a little pocket, a right, little, ti- so a little tiny squeezed. stomach. Yeah, you so there's like a look- little tiny stomach above my big stomach. So now when I swallow food, it has to like go through two, two sphincters to get down there. Mm. And so stuff just can get stuck. You never want a double sphincter entry. You, you know what I'm saying? do not. Just One at, at a time. One, One at sphincter time. at a time. And uh, and then this probably all is now coupled with, uh, because I've had gastric reflux for now, a few years, it's been pretty intense, especially for the past year, that I've probably got some scarring in my esophagus that causes what's called a stricture, which is basically a, a part that gets kind of narrowed and doesn't flex very well anymore. Mm. So now food has to try to pass through there but it can't really. So now, so now you can think of there's like, there's like a three-step process that now my, when normal people have one, right? They right? just swallow it. Yeah, they just swallow it and you're done. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, one step. so, so the idea if if this is all the collection of things that I have to do, then basically they're going to have to go in, stick a tube down my throat on Friday to actually just investigate, right? And while they're doing that, if they see uh, this like stricture, then they're going to stick a thing in there and wedge it back open really hard so that they kind of like stretch it back out. So mm. they'll temporarily fix that. That, that problem sounds very comfortable, Feel uh-huh. so great. And then, and then the next Monday, they're gonna put little machines in my guts and then tie my stomach around my throat. So, that's dope. That's what's happening <laughs> next week, <Modern laughs> it's pretty medicine. sweet. Yeah, so it's just a sort of a regular Monday, regular yeah. Monday. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's but I have to go on like a liquid diet for two weeks and then, or one or two weeks, and then a really, really bland as fuck diet. Um for the next that's like that's the medical uh that's term medical term, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's the it's the BAF diet. Yeah. So then <laughs> I got that for like four four to six weeks after that or something like that. Uh, so it's gonna be really boring, but on the other hand, I was I was looking at the the symptoms of this thing, you know, it's like you're gonna have trouble swallowing stuff, things are gonna get stuck in your throat, like for a few weeks after the surgery, and I was like, This like is already right my now. life. Like what is it? Yeah. <laughs> I assume that this is actually gonna get worse though. So that's gonna be that's, that's the favorite part when they are like, like All right, to here's here's what's gonna happen with the chemo, you will be really tired. Uh, you probably not gonna have a lot of energy to do yep. anything. You might have some pain, and I was like, "So is that what, different?" Yeah. <laughs> so, so what I'm doing
0: right now—that's right. what's gonna happen. Let's just murder this thing and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but you know, maybe like what happened with Sam's first round of chemo, mm-hmm. when he suddenly felt a million times better, even though he still had fatigue and all the symptoms. Yep. It was just better than what it was. Maybe you'll have the same
1: thing. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Maybe even more like Sam's other round of chemo. Where where was really that tight. was not true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So
0: this is happening <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah.
1: So that's good luck with that. It's gonna be fun. We're also doing it right before we're doing a jam weekend the following weekend with the studio. That's right. And so the St. Gotta, Louis Scatter Jam. I gotta get my shit together after having my stomach tied around my throat. Mm-hmm. Like I got a few days in there to recover, and I'm gonna come back for mm-hmm. jam. And it's weekend. show time. And then it's show time. Yeah. Jams wait for no man.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so we have stomach. We have one more. Real big piece of news that has been a long time coming, which is we are launching fucking merch store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have we have a shitload of goodies that we have in a huge bunch of boxes back here mm-hmm. in the storage room. Um, but before I talk about the merch, oh, okay. So for starters, it's right. going to be at shop.bscotch.net. By the time this podcast opens up, the merch store will be live, and you will be able to buy all these amazing <laughs>
1: items. So okay. a big piece of this is that we're, we're considering this the soft launch. It's a soft so launch. We're only we're, telling it to the podcast yeah. people. Nobody knows. Except for you guys. the reason is because uh, we're trying to figure out what we're doing. So uh-huh. how do you get boxes out to people? How do you make them mm-hmm. go? How you know do you get them out there? So, uh, so a big part of it is sort of having a little bit of a, a test audience who, who understands the trials and tribulations of us putting the store together. And by us, I mean Monique. Right. And then uh, maybe it will cut us a little bit of slack if we work out some of these kinks <laughs> in the initial process. Yeah. So we
0: don't want to open it up to the whole world because, you know, the world is is very unforgiving. Mm-hmm. It's a very, you know, very ugly place. And we know that you guys, you're listeners, you know us, you know, we're not trying to like screw you over. So we might make a mistake or whatever, cause we're figuring our systems out and we know you guys will send us an email and be like, Hey, you fucked it up <laughs> and we'll be like, sorry, and then we'll fix it for yeah. you. Right. Um, so we're going to just keep it sort of self contained and very small for now. And then after, you know, after a little while, once we get things more settled, then we'll do like a full on legit, uh, launch of this thing. So we do have a, a few, uh, questions from some folks about the merch store. So, uh, M-Cade says, I know you mentioned something about t-shirts and stuff.
1: Actually, before you get into this, though, Mm. he also has another comment where he tells us how to pronounce his name, which is I-M-Cade.
0: I-M-Cade. He should have probably written more phonetically, Yeah, but I-M-Cade says... I know you mentioned something about T-shirts and stuff. I would like to buy stickers and cool stuff to support you. Is that still in the works? Yeah, we have stickers. It's not even in the
1: works. It's already done. It worked.
0: It worked. Yeah, so Tifa, who has this, uh, she has the capacity to make these really sort of adorable characters. Mm -hmm. And so she went through all of the Crashlands art and made these sticker packs for each biome, where she made her own sort of like adorable renditions of all the creatures and- uh, bosses and stuff like that from the game. So we have like a bog sticker pack, a or a sticker sheet, a uh, Savannah and a tundra from Crashlands, and also just a straight up character sheet that has like Quadrupus, tendrom, brubus, uh, flux, juice box, mm-hmm. the little robots from the spaceship that you can step on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have all those, and these are like really hardcore. they are vinyl. We like so one of the one of the big things was we looked at we looked at various um, merch shops that we could go to just like. A, upload a logo, and they'll just sell like skateboards and mugs and whatever. Right, they just put it on everything. They just put it on everything. But what we've we've learned from those is the quality just isn't very good. Right. Um, and so we got all these things custom made so that they're like real, real legit, they're real
1: good. We're traveling uh, there to various places to mm-hmm. make sure we could get some good stuff. Yeah. And includes- so the reason it's
0: taken us a while to get this up and running is because we don't want to we don't want to sell garbage, right? Yep. We want to sell really good,
1: long lasting, high quality things. Mm-hmm. So, so we got uh, we have posters, we have stickers. We have mugs with mm-hmm. a few different sayings on them uh, that you guys actually voted on from the podcast, which is nice. So if you want to get yourself a can we not mug, oh, now you can. Yeah, And then, of or, course, or not the actual. Uh, <laughs> can you not get that mug? Yeah, you could not. That's also <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, we finally have a bunch of T-shirts up for sale, including uh, one never before seen one, which is the Cute Lands tee. And another never before seen one, which is another Eric Hibbler Original. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was also new. So, uh, And then there's the original Butterscotch shirt, which is the one that we wear, which just says Butterscotch shenanigans on it. So feel free to get that one. Just keep in mind, people will ask you. They'll ask you what that is. What that is. So Every ask you- Literally
0: everywhere you go. You go to Chipotle. You go to the airport. You go get a cup of coffee. You walk down the street at random. Yeah. We've been walking down the street and had like some dude across the street. See us and then just yell and be like, what is that? What's on your shirt? <laughs> it's weird because it's like, it's just a totally black shirt. With just bright yellow and Mm -hmm. bright purple, yeah, it feels
1: very intentional, but it's completely incomprehensible. (laughs) Yeah, and it's even crazier. So, if you want to meet people, that is the shirt. It is a good one. Yeah,
0: and we've also put together a bunch of bundles. So, if there is like certain things you want, so we have like a like a cute bundle, you know, it's got some stuff. We got the B Scotch box, which is just like literally literally everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so we try to get some good discounts on those things and stuff. There is men's
1: and women's tees, so yeah, we got everything for everybody. It's actually unisex and women's tees. Which is right. really just V-cut with a or not with v a cut. slightly narrowed waist, or just like neither of those. Right. right.
0: So yeah. if if the shape of your neck is a V and you have a narrow <laughs> waist, then just That's your shirt. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's my preferred style. Yeah. Um. So we got a couple other questions about merch. Uh, French Toasty said, "Have you considered making inspirational cat or satgat posters, or Crashlands posters, or <laughs> posters for all of your games, or just a shop for Butterscotch Shenanigans merch?" So yes, yeah, obviously the shop. Um, we do have posters. We do not yet have inspirational posters. Yeah, yeah. Is,
1: current posters are all of the box art that we have for all the games. Yeah. So uh, they're vibrant as fuck. Yeah, they look beautiful. And uh, some of the pictures you'll see are actually the, from the ones that are hanging up in the office on our walls. So mm-hmm. yeah, they look amazing. Really, so we really
0: cool. we do we do have them uh, in frames on the on the shop, but we in the pictures. But we made it a point to note that they, they don't come with a frame. <laughs> right. This is just what it would look like if you put it in a frame. Um, so we have uh, that. And then we also got a question from uh, Torg. which Amazing. Is it awesome? <laughs> Torg says, are you planning any scuffle merch? And do you think uh, merchandise is a wise marketing investment for a new game? P.S. Scuffle Buddies theme is now a ringtone on my phone. Amazing. Nice.
1: Yeah, so Scuffle Buddies is our new game. And a big part of getting the merch, start, merch store up and running now is that we have enough time to work out the kinks. Work out so the kinks. Yep. we can do launch Launch ready uh, merchandise. No.
0: Question: Do we think it's a wise marketing investment? We don't, don't know. No, I, I don't no. know. Anything. We mostly really
1: <laughs> wanted to be able to have merch. because well, it just sounds fun. But, and but awesome. there's a big part of this too. And we, this is what we, something we talked about internally: is that there's no method by which if you play if you play a particular game or uh, even play games on your phone, there's no method by which anybody will ever know that it's it's a you can't identify the tribe. Yeah, it's a completely private good, which means. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're going through an airport, for example, like it's, it's actually a, there's a good chance that someone in the airport might be playing a butterscotch game, also, But you have no ability to be like to lock eyes and be best friends, right? It just is not yeah. going to happen. So, unlike say sports, where people will just wear jerseys for their favorite yeah. sports team or like baseball caps, and exactly. stuff. So so this like, is we our to, jersey. Yeah, we got to bring it mm-hmm. out, bring it out of the darkness into the light. It and actually, uh, I had a friend text me uh, last week. He's on the New York subway, saw someone. Play in Crashlands. <laughs> nice. Talk to him. It turned out to be Alexander, who's the guy who drove over here. Oh, really? <laughs> the East Coast. And so, yeah, very small world sort of thing. But again, like, how are you going to know unless you see someone right. and somehow yeah. hit the angle of their device to be able to see them playing a game? It, you yep. should know. So well, Those vinyl stickers do a great job of sticking to the backs of cell phones.
0: Yes. I got, I got flux on mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I just want to want to thank uh, Monique and Tifa in particular mm-hmm. for putting this merch shop together. Um yeah, Monique, they did everything. Yeah, they did everything. Uh Monique spearheaded all of like getting the shop, uh, you know, Shopify stuff going and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And Tifa did a whole bunch of work on taking photos. Like we all we did like a modeling shoot day where we all like mm-hmm. wore the shirts and mm-hmm. held the mugs and stuff. Um so those photos of people are uh, that's us in the merch shop.
1: We are real. We're humans. not gonna yeah, we're
0: not gonna like hire models or some shit. Um so yeah, it was, it's was. it been really cool to see them just kind of like get this thing up and running. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And now that we do have it up and running, then it'll actually be much easier to start if things go things. well to, to start adding new stuff. So we, we started with a selection of things that we thought, based on what people had said, based on what we already had available to us, so the t-shirt designs and stuff, um, we just figured, let's just start with some awesome stuff that we think people will like and then go from there. So the if stickers. there's something that you think that you just think is awesome that you really, really want... Uh, I think there's a contact form on the shop yep. page. Yep. So you can just I'll go to Monique, you can just let her know and just say, hey, I'm fucking pumped about blah, this thing. And it is
0: the case that <laughs> one of, make one of the happen. things that's sort of like, one of the big reasons why we wanted a merch shop is we've just always had this dream of being able to get plushies of the characters from our games. Yep. It's something that, I don't know why it just makes it like that. Seems
1: real. That's yeah. the legitimacy point. It's because you cross the digital threshold into there's a physical, the there's
0: Space. a three dimensional squishy thing yeah. from your game. Um, my dream is still a
1: a backpack fat fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that's, a big mouth that you can unzip. Yep, yep. that's one of my stuff. One one of my dreams of,
0: stuff it full of other mm-hmm. fish.
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, and so the the only thing with the. So just know that that's on our radar, but the plushies, you got to get them in these big orders of like at least a thousand. basically like 10,000 bucks to start with. Yeah, We're yeah. quite
1: confident we cannot sell that many plushies yeah. right
0: now. Yeah. Um, so maybe that'll be something that we try to hit during uh, Scuffle Buddies launch. But at mm-hmm. the moment, you know, we, we just got, we need a kind of a proof of concept. Yeah. So we're doing like a beta of the merch shop basically right now. Um,
1: so yeah, that's uh, that's our that's our merch shop news. Yes, yeah, so so. go go get some stuff, shop check dot it out. Pscotch.net. Send us some feedback um and you know buy some fun stuff. See what you yeah. Need. Just uh and and I th-
0: I want to also say um easily the best thing on there is whatever is the most expensive one. So if you just want to <laughs> buy a
1: lot of those. Actually no. Ask- I no I, I actually disagree. It's it's one of all the things bought individually Not in so a that bundle. there aren't any discounts, right? Because, you know, Mm.
0: what we know is that if you get something cheaper, you value it less. You know what I mean? And so you're going to get a
1: bigger emotional. (laughs) You know when you go to a restaurant (laughs) and you ask the waiter, you're like, hey, you know, what's your suggestion? And if they ever point to the most expensive thing on the menu, you're like, no. Yeah, you don't believe it. Absolutely not.
0: like, Like what I would suggest is you give me a real big tip. That's <laughs> that's my. That'd be the most
1: delicious meal you could have. That's my favorite meal is huge tips. <laughs> um, all right, so but also uh, they're probably right because as you just said, the more money you spend on that meal, the better it's going to taste. Right,
0: because you're going to now sort of retcon the meal in your yep. mind.
1: I wish that how it works. You're going to that's be, true. Actually, you enough right regrets. You'd be like, I don't
0: pay works. six. I'm not an idiot. I don't pay sixty dollars for garbage food.
1: Well, actually, know? yeah, because <laughs> this is a different scenario where because I, I definitely don't blame myself. I blame the restaurant. So there there are cases where you just truly believe that the other party has slighted you.
0: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I usually go for like mid t- mid tier meals on the menu because I always, I'm always nervous that if I buy an expensive thing, that it's going to be tiny.
1: It usually as, as price goes up, scale goes down. What they do
0: is food. they give you smaller food and then they take like a, like a fucking little like bottle thing with a nozzle and they like swirl, They like put a swirl on the plate or like put art on it or something. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't, I can't eat that. My God. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, so before we get on to questions, uh, I'd like to read uh, a review from our our podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts page. Mm-hmm. So uh, this review comes from Angry Muffin, which who, Angry Muffin says, this is the best podcast ever, unless you don't like swears or adult words and adult topics like beer and mortgages. Seriously, these guys only occasionally lace real words into this thing. Spruce up your day with a little butterscotch in your coffee. I've been listening to this show all day, every day for the last year and a half. Yes, that means I have listened to it five times. (laughs) Keep up with the studio that made Crashlands and hear about the stuff they're working on next. So listen to this comedy podcast and tell your mom, she's a nice lady, tell your enemy, tell Justin Bieber and Donald Trump because that is the only way to make this podcast go viral, Mm. which is true. Um, So yeah, thank you for that review. Appreciate that a lot. Um, And we also have a a link over to, what is it? uh, Bit.ly slash CWB Apple. So if you want to get a quick link over to drop us a, you know, just a quick five stars and some heartfelt comments, you know. You know <laughs> go for it. Yeah. All right. Now, let's get on some questions. These questions come from podcast.bscotch.net, and they're asked by our listeners and maybe some randos who just wandered in on accident. Maybe you next week. Who knows? Who knows? To say. All right. First question comes from Ruckus1911, which this person Very is 106 loud. years old. Ruckus. old. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's a long ruckus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ruckus1911 says... What was it like when you decided to invite outside people to join the company for the first time? How did you broach the subject of telling them they'll be working in your basement? I'm in a similar spot, new people and using my basement. So first of all, congratulations. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, On bringing people into your basement, into your basement tribe. Yep. Uh, (laughs) So one thing is you don't spring that
1: on people after the fact yeah make sure that <laughs> that should happen during the during the interview. interview phase Yeah, and actually it was for us it was fairly natural because of the fact that you know we def- we explained ourselves as a startup that we're you know, this is our first round of hiring all this kind of stuff is true and so then we just sort of tacked onto that so you're gonna be so you're gonna basement. be in a basement because we're we're not yet at a point where we're willing to spend the extra money on an, on an office yeah, space. But two things, are, it's, this is all about framing, yep. right? Yep. So two things here. One is our
0: basement is sick. Our basement is dope and it has a window. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's sort of, you know, it's kind of basement, kind of not a basement. It's painted <laughs>
1: butterscotch colors has a butterscotch logo across this mm-hmm. butterscotch art everywhere. Right. We, we really brightened it up. Now we even have
0: plants in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it's crazy. Um, so you know you got to you got to talk it up. You got to really <laughs> you, gotta you gotta sell, really that sell that basement. Yeah.
1: Um, and the other thing is, yeah, if, it's, if it's a dark like cellar like basement, you know, just with exposed everything that seems like there are spiders maybe everywhere. Maybe just a folding table and like yeah. a, you third got a card protector. table. You maybe get down there.
0: It's just must. Like you just, yeah. you just are covered in must. What is must? I don't it's know. Bad, but it though. smells musty. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, if you're in that situation, maybe and maybe save up a little more money first and invest in just making it feel better. Or just get some Febreze, just Febreze the shit. Right out it could of it. be sufficient. Uh, we use a lot. Of, I also so, think Febreze kills spiders, so it's pretty yeah. perfect. It's pretty so good.
0: we got we got plants, and we also got uh, we just we just burn through a lot of apple cinnamon candles. Yeah, mm-hmm. which we, we refer to them as air hacks. Air hacks. You got to hack that air. Uh, we got you got to make sure that you, that it
1: doesn't feel like a basement. <laughs> right. Good lighting. Good aromas. Yeah. That's step one. But I think I think the bigger framing thing is actually just to say the reality is our values as a, as a company are about paying well for our people to be here. So we could get an office. We could get an office, but then we either wouldn't be able to have a person or we wouldn't be able to treat our people as well. So this is where we're at right now, and our goal eventually is to, if your goal is to, unless you want to just stay in your basement forever, which needs to be known, if that's your end goal. Um, But if your goal is eventually to get a building and sort of expand a little bit, or even to get some better paint for down for your basement Mm -hmm. or some air hacks, uh, you say, you know, that's on the horizon, but it's not where we're at right now because our... Our mission is to, you know, pay for our people. That's where we're at. As as
0: the leader of the company, it's your job to be open and honest with people, and also paint a vision of where you're going, where you're at, and where you're going. Right? Don't lie about it. Yeah, it's okay to be in a basement. (laughs) Just just be upfront about it. it,
1: But I think that also adds to the. Because there's this sort of you know mythos of all these companies that started in a garage or oh, a basement yeah. or whatever. You got
0: to play that shit up. Yeah,
1: play that shit up. That, that's, <laughs> that's gonna be that's actually part of your selling point as as a startup company. It's fun. You're not even is getting on the ground fun, floor. Yeah. You're getting in uh, underground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's something that that actually just kind of feels exciting and interesting about being involved at that early of a stage of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um And yeah, that's it actually. Again, if you got a dank as fuck basement, that's bad, right? That's not, that's dank, not a dank, the, dank in the dank cellar. Sort of in the, <laughs> sense. In the dank yeah. kind musty sense. Musty and wet sense. kind of but sense. But if it's dank <laughs> in the awesome sense, the then, best, then, mm-hmm. then that's that's. There's what you want. a dankness <laughs> spectrum.
0: And you, want, yeah, you, you want to be, be on, on the, the dank side, side, not the dank side. Yeah. You know? exactly.
1: It's kind of like the word fuck, which is very versatile. It's very versatile. It has a lot of different meanings.
0: Yeah. So you got to make sure you use it in the proper context. All right. Next question comes from Quantum Anomaly. Now, this question. Is, is we got to dig deep for I'm this ready. one okay brace your loins quantum anomaly says anything you can do or anything you do can always be better but looking back on your games what's one thing you wish you would have done worse is there anything that took too long and ended up being pointless or lame that you wish you
1: didn't invest so much time up front on mm. we cut out a lot of things that match that description before we launched the game true. is there something there's got to be something <laughs> still in there. So, well, I, I think I think mm. it's it's a little bit tricky
0: of, of uh, framing of the question because what he's asking is just like, what's something that we d- that we did and sort of like finished basically that in retrospect you shouldn't, we have, shouldn't done. have done, just in general, right? Mm. So it's not really about doing better
1: or worse, but just about well, it kind of can because it also isn't isn't just about done or not done, but it's also about just the time investment of doing a thing you know should should we have we talk about this with AI right because for a while we had like a star pathfinding uh, as a as a way for in Crashlands for creatures to move around Um, it's very CPU intense very CPU intense so it actually made the, the rest of the game a little bit worse and so then we pulled it out and just made it mm-hmm. the most brain dead pathfinding in the universe where things just like, can I go there? And if not, then they don't. They're like, I'll just right. wait. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> or uh, like, I'm gonna jump around in a triangle for a while. Yeah, I'm gonna triangle like blows over. Yep. So, that, that's a, so that's a, that's that's an example case where where of exactly that. Right. Right. Where we had we had done it in a way that was like a smart way mm-hmm. and then realized that, that actually was problematic and did it dumber. Yeah. So there must be some stuff that we left in there.
0: Well, no, here's the thing. This is, I think this is, uh, mm. it's not, it's not correct to make a value judgment about these things. So, sure. so Sam actually gave a talk at a writer's workshop last week about productivity and there was a guy there. You want to talk about the guy who's yeah, talking sure. about
1: failure? Yeah, well, So this it was fun. So my, uh, one of my local friends is part of the the writers meet up here and, uh, invite me to go just talk about productivity and they usually don't do talks actually. So I mm. was like the first speaker they've had. Um, and so in the middle of this talk and, and, uh, part of it's just talking about what the actual value of failure is, of course, in the, in the context of creative work, which is that failure is, is just not something that you should attach a value judgment to. Uh, it might suck in a sense because you whatever you tried to do didn't work. Uh, but that's not, that's, it's, that's really a very short sighted way to look at it as opposed to realizing that it's, it's part of the system of success. At the it's end
0: not of the day. bad or good. It it's is. just part of
1: moving forward. Right. And so, uh, this, this gentleman afterwards, um, asked, or he basically said, you know, as I've, as I've gotten older, he's older duties. He and as I've gotten older, I just feel like I, I care less. And so I've been very, I've been able to be very free and just sort of, I write whatever I want. And if you don't like it, then I don't care and that's fine. And like you, he's sort of expounding this idea of, as he's gotten older, he's come to understand what failure means in the context of, of these larger scale successes, but he still was couching it in this, in a negative term. Thing, it's not that
0: bad. Not or- that
1: bad. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, not necessarily something that, that's going to like harm you forever. And I was like, well, I think I would take a step even further back and just reframe it and understand that it is, it is simply a part of the process of succeeding at a thing, period. So if you fail, as long as you have your reflection methods in place, then it should be a case that it's like, oh, this is interesting. Well, but on the flip side, success isn't good either.
0: No, it's like just failure change. isn't bad and success isn't good. These are both just two sides of the same coin, which is just moving forward through life and learning shit, Mm
1: -hmm. right? Well, it's really about outcomes, right? Yeah. Both success and failure are outcomes. That's the reality of it. And you learn things from either one, and you also don't get to learn things from either one. This is an important note, because we found this with Crashlands. When you have a successful game, you don't get to learn a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff you can't tell, For and this is a good example of this case. What could we have just not done in Crashlands that we still would have been able to maybe even ship earlier? you know, launch it, maybe even did better. Yep. We don't know. We could so have that, done a
0: staggered launch, maybe like start on mm-hmm. PC and then move to mobile later.
1: Or yeah. Something. So the, the success of a thing sort of, uh, I mean, and, and then failure in some ways too, but you can never quite tease out all the reasons why a thing did or didn't work. And so sometimes actually it's a, it is better to fail quote unquote, or have a failure outcome because sometimes it can be a direct, if you've sort of managed it in, in the appropriate way, it can be a direct piece of learning for you where you get to understand a new piece about how the world works because, the failure wasn't huge in the sense that it wasn't, for example, like a whole new game that you built and then launched and that whole thing failed, but rather some piece of it that didn't quite do what you wanted.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the important takeaway is when we think about things like, so Crashlands has the infinite inventory system. It didn't always have that. That mm-hmm. wasn't designed up front. We started by borrowing inventory concepts from other games. Mm-hmm. And as we continued to work on the game, it just became worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more and more of a management nightmare and a game design nightmare. And we had to take a step back and ask the the signature question can we not can mm-hmm. we not have an inventory system and if we don't have one, what does that even mean um, And we were only able to arrive at that question by doing doing it wrong first mm-hmm. right and it really just means that you can only make the best decisions you can with the knowledge and context that you have The important thing is to just move forward. Mm-hmm right? Just keep moving forward because then you learn about what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, I will say
1: one, one larger mistake. I do think we made that in in retrospect, is sort of an example of overextending before getting a piece of knowledge regarding a, a subject was our, our convention sprint last year. Oh yeah. Where we did like three of them back to back because it ended up burning basically a month and a half of time for essentially the whole studio. There's a lot of illness involved because you're traveling. There's a lot mm-hmm. of expenses involved Erick. beyond just paying people. Yep. And it was atrocious and it just like destroyed our progress for like a good month and a half. Uh, we probably could have done one of those and understood because we knew immediately after doing one, like, oh, wow, this is a lot. And it, did, <laughs> like, and it wasn't worth it. <laughs> instead, we were like, all right, first time we do these, let's do three of them at once.
0: Get a good sample size. Yeah. Problem is, those are some real expensive experiments. <laughs> yeah. And time so and money and everything.
1: That's definitely one of those things that I think in, in retrospect, maybe just a smaller scale experiment first, right? It's so the idea of being... Uh, Test this idea. If it has a a positive or negative outcome, now we can attribute it to that particular thing and sort of make good decisions moving forward. So. And what you can't do
0: is get so hyper fixated on whether you will succeed or fail that you do nothing, Mm -hmm. right? Because then you get no more information and you just, you have nothing new. You So yeah, you just got to keep doing stuff, keep doing experiments. In the case of writing, so National Novel Writing Month is coming up.
1: Mm -hmm. uh, month. We have a channel in our Discord, so if you want to join for writing a book in a month mm-hmm. with a bunch of other butterscotches, a bunch of people are going to go for it. Um, Bit.ly slash BS Discord mm-hmm. is where that is. And Remo, all you do is you, all you have to do is write 1,500 words a day. Doesn't matter what they say. You just got to get those words out. <laughs> get those words out. They can be garbage words. I think it's matter. actually 1600 and it 66 okay. or something like that. So it ends up being somewhere for most people between like 45 minutes and an hour and a half of typing. So if you think about it like that, you you're just, just typing. You're just typing. You're not writing a book. You just got to go type for an hour and a half yep. every day.
0: Um, you could, do and that. if you ever, and if you ever get sort of stressed about it, you just say to yourself, "Who gives a shit?" And just keep typing. It. <laughs> <laughs> what if I write a What if I write a bad book? No one Who cares. Who gives a shit? I mean, just don't publish it. Now you learn some stuff. Now maybe next time
1: you'll write a slightly less bad. book. Mm-hmm. you know, I have a question about this success failure thing. Mm. What if we took what if we went even further back? All uh, right, hit me and Adam. Just said, "You're smirking." And just said, <laughs> "What you, said, what you if, got that look? What? Wh- why even define anything in terms of success or failure? That's what. I, that's right? what I'm saying. Just period. Mm-hmm. So, because what does it mean for a thing to be successful? It just means hit the target. I think is what it means. Is that right? what that means? I think so. I don't think that's that really what that means. Okay. So, oh, so, give an so this, this
0: reminds me of like when you if you talk to somebody at a company and they're like, "Yep, here's our revenue targets. Like next year we're going to go for this many millions, and then the next year we're
1: going to have this and this and this." Right. And this, so right? you set some arbitrary goal. What does that oh, mean? Yeah. What's this? Based and on? then if you hit it, you then call that success. We did Correct. it. In other words, success is completely arbitrarily defined. Well, always yeah. definitely. So you make it up. So if you're just making it up anyway, then. Then you're, and you're guaranteed to fail almost every time because you've made up an arbitrary success that, because there's one success case that is arbitrary and random. Everything else is now a failure case, mm-hmm. but that success case doesn't mean anything. So what, so why, you know, why, why not just go do things and then try to do things better? Well, I think because the truth is that the, 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 like we've talked about before, the metrics that you choose end up guiding your, the, the way in which you do the thing. Right. Yeah. So but if, but why example, talk about? Because there's there's better and worse, definitely. Right. For like outcomes, right. Mm-hmm. And you can say like, here's kind of the list of outcomes we can expect. Here's here's kind of where we want to go. You know. But there's uh, going to be some threshold at which you're like, that was good enough, which is what I would argue is the success. But good enough point f- is. to do what? Whatever the for. fuck you wanted to do. <laughs> that's yeah. the, well, that's the whole thing is that most people actually don't really don't sit down to understand what that point of success is for them. Like, as in what what does that actually mean? Which is basically what your point is. Yeah. Because it is it, you're completely right that it is it is arbitrary, it is personal. Or on a company level, it is set by someone else if you work in a company. It's still personal, So some other person. Someone else, yeah, you're working towards someone else's version of success. And ideally, you're in a company where, or you're creating a company where uh, all those things are congruent. So for example, if I'm like, I really want to make a bunch of kick-ass games and we work in a game studio, good. Perfect. My vision is congruent with the vision of the studio as a whole. Um, You want to be in that sort of scenario. But I, I do think it's the case that you have to it is completely arbitrary, mm-hmm. but you gotta—you do have to set it. I don't think you can just. No, like no. But, but the thing is—is—is is, is, I'm not saying don't set it. I'm saying you don't need to have the framing of success and failure at all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're gonna just, do the best
0: that you can. Yeah, you
1: just do the best that you can. Then you some have, things happen, right? You have preferred outcomes, <laughs> and then things happen,
0: right? and then some of those things are good. So, for example, let's say let's say you launch a game and you market the shit out of it, and you make a uh, what you think is a good game. And weirdly, like it does really well financially, um, far beyond what you thought it could have, but also it weirdly has a shitload of negative reviews, Mm -hmm. like, like three quarters negative, which is possible, right? Mm -hmm. To have a successful financial game that also everybody hates somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, what does that mean? Have
1: you succeeded or failed?
0: Right. Because you've succeeded in making money, but you haven't succeeded in making a product that people want. And you want. also like,
1: failed at making money in the way that you expected because the outcome actually was way better than you thought. How can you call that a success? Because right. you were responsible You for
0: succeeded that. in marketing and like assuming that that what you define as success is that a lot of people bought the game, but also you failed in marketing if your
1: metric is whether people actually felt like they got what they paid for, mm-hmm. right? But you can be accidentally successful, Right. In ways essentially that you didn't pre plan. Well, that's the thing is that that, that's now allowing you just to have success be a literally a random phenomenon, right? Yes. So then again, just what's the point? Yeah.
0: So, so I guess why? So, yeah, by making a value judgment on it of like this was a success and this was a failure, um, it just misses the point, which is the most important part is to do what you can with the information that you have, you know, try to make the best decisions that you can to get the best outcomes and the things that matter to you Mm -hmm. um, and you will achieve varying degrees of outcomes in a whole bunch of different areas, then you got to reflect whether you succeed or you fail. You have to take those things and you have to sort of internalize it and figure out what that means for you. And then what you need to do going forward with all this new information that you've got.
1: Well, I will say there's, there's been very few times where we've done something where, where it felt like a pure success yeah. in that regard, right? Where, where we didn't look back and we weren't- That's never happened. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were looking at it and saying, man, we really messed up X, Y, and Z, right? Or usually A through Z. So, is and, yeah, we don't spend a lot
0: of time talking about the things that went right because- What's, there to talk about? What's the point? Yeah, because the things that you need to fix or th- that you actually have to do stuff about- But, I, I, think that, that but I think that's the better. point, is
1: by, by obsessing over this idea of success, which again, completely fucking arbitrary. Right. If you obsess about that idea- so you're striving for that thing, so that there's no you have basically no choice but to feel like any th- alternative is is actually like bad, bad. on some objective right. measure, right. right? But you do need some mark to strive toward. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So which you- which to me is is actually then very simple is you don't divide things into good or bad, right? You divide, uh, you don't divide things at all. You just do you do stuff where you try to find outcomes that seem like the outcomes you want, mm-hmm. right? And then you go do a thing towards that outcome. And then then you just see what happened. This was just an experiment. If if you got exactly what you expected, that wasn't a success. That was just the thing that happened. This is now a thing you get to learn from. If it was a fail, if it <laughs> didn't get there, that was another thing that happened. In both <laughs> cases, you should now review those things and ask, Why did that happen? Why did that happen? Right? Because that's what allows you to make to choose the next set of of expectations and, and goals and so on. Right. Uh, and try to make moves to reach towards them. And if you're constantly trying to divide things into whether or not you did it right or did it wrong, instead of just, I did a thing, a thing happened, what's next? What's the connection? Yeah. And then how do I make it be better next time? It was yeah. a funny yeah. thing, because we, we do harp on uh, self-reflection a bunch and on this podcast. Harp
0: on uh, in the positive sense. That it's the thing you should do. I mean, yeah. But, yeah <laughs> we're harping. It's, yeah, but yeah, it's sort of
1: like, yeah, it's it's like playing playing a harp. Yeah, know, we're a, harping. We're really majestic- yeah, sort of s- s- serenity. Ser- Serena Serende. <laughs>
0: somehow. Uh,
1: yeah. So we, we do we do talk about it quite a bit and 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 push on it quite a bit. And I think a good example is uh today. So while we're in here podcasting, so we did our quarterly review, the three of us we're sort of looking over the last three months of the studio and where where we've gone to and sort of what's on the horizon. And then we realized after putting it together that, you know, this is just a good exercise straight up a good just exercise to do look
0: back in the last three
1: months and just be like what the fuck happened yeah and why because three months it's, it's long enough that you can do a lot of things but short enough that you can still kind of remember doing those things right. <laughs> but you do forget a lot of it you do forget a ton so so uh, we actually made basically personal quarterly review sheets for everybody to sort of review uh, in the office while we're in here and then we're going to go talk about them afterwards but the whole idea being to say what happened over the last three months uh, how did i do in these various arenas how could i how could i have done better uh, and then, what can I do, sort of going forward, to you know, be more of a badass in these various domains? And the whole thing rests on this, just this general idea that it's just really fun to be growing and to improve all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you reach success, then what? Then why would you want to improve anymore? You just got to kick the goalposts. Yeah. So, which is then means th- that means then you failed. So then just quit it mm-hmm. Just quit talking <laughs> this about things is why, in like, those when, fucking turn. When you look back on all the works that you've done in the past, it should always just be horrifying. This is, this is one of the things yeah, we talked about. Cause though. it should be,
0: always be worse than what you can do now. Yeah. But, I, but I think if, if you think about, let's say somebody wants to be a novelist, right. Mm-hmm. And they want that to be their career. The way people often talk about it is I want to be a successful author. Right. And the problem is you can't be, you can't just be one. You have to become one. Over a really long period of time, by making a lot of shitty things, and also by then defining what that even means to be a successful author in the long term, right? Does it mean mm-hmm. you have a New York Times bestseller selling a million copies? Have a movie made out of your book? Does it mean sell a hundred copies? Mm-hmm. Like, what even is that, right? Yeah. So then, so. why
1: even use the word success and instead just say, "Here's the goal." I'm well, well, this
0: for. is this is yeah. the problem: is if you if you set that as your initial goal, I'm going to be a successful author, then it. It immediately disincentivizes you to just start making books because you can't can't just write your first book. Well, I mean, unless you're a bizarre anomaly, right? But Mm -hmm. you can't just write your first book and now just be a successful author, which means you're coming into that project knowing that it's not going to get you there immediately, Mm -hmm. right? Which is just very discouraging. And then the second project, assuming you make it past the first one, which most people don't, uh, then you get to the second project, that one's not going to get you there. Each one just gets you, just inches you a little bit closer toward that Mm -hmm. goal. Um, and, and the more you reflect and the harder your work, then the more, the bigger the jump each one provides. Right. And so, so by, by declaring that, you know, you, you don't want to be an author. You want to be a successful author, right? Mm-hmm. Like by making that weird jump, jump uh, mentally, now you've immediately just set the bar in a place where it just shouldn't be. And now you're just, you just can't go there. And now you're defining
1: right. your everyday experience as failure.
0: Right. Because every day no you're writing reason. that book and you're not successful yet. Right. right. So <laughs> mm-hmm. you're just sad now. Now you're just a sad author. So don't do that. Just, no. just do stuff. Uh, all right. Let's get on to the next question. We have a couple of, uh, we have a couple of lore questions that we can, that we Ooh, can tackle real right. quick. Let's do it. Uh, 98, which is of course the name of the lead character from Ready Player One. Hell that's correct. Yeah. Uh, Says, is there a being inside the Crashlands slash TF2 shared universe that created and placed all of the teleporters?
1: Mm. So I'm glad somebody. The first answer is yes. Seth put all those there. Yep. And Sam designed it. (laughs) Uh, And the lore
0: answer is yes, but we haven't quite. We, we haven't, haven't decided haven't Is it qu- Virutech? It's supposed to be virutech. I think it's ViruTech. We know we know that that something like Hugo or Forn or, you know, these these weird aliens, mm-hmm. floaty head aliens with their chin straps, um, constructed these things. Cause the the denizens of WoNope are not they don't have that kind of capacity at this right. stage, right? Um there's maybe like there's Remurl who dabbles in the energy arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even Remurl is not sophisticated enough to make a teleporter, no.
1: right? Yes yeah, so the the idea here is that the the Viru there either was maybe is we don't actually know because we haven't needed to think about it yet. Yeah. But there <laughs> some some remnant of uh, Viru civilization is on planet Moonop and the Viru are extremely technologically advanced in the same way that if you go to uh, I guess a, a fun close cousin of it would be like looking at uh, the the Marvel world for Thor which is like if you go when you look at them on Asgard it's like all this crazy high tech stuff that looks like magic, sort of a thing. Right. Yep. Um, so that's sort of the boundary that, that the Viru straddle as well, but there's not very many of them left. And it appears well, to be the original. I, mean, I don't know how much we've strayed from this, but mm-hmm. the original lore that we had back when we started Crashlands, we're kind of like fleshing out what the Viru were up to. You know, was that whoa nope, where Crashlands and right. Telfite two take place is actually a penal colony. Yeah, it's a prison yeah. planet for the, for the Viru who actually are like alive and well on a neighboring planet. Um, but that, but that Forn and, uh, Jake, J- Jacob, J- Joby. Joby, Joby, yeah. Mm-hmm. Forn Joby. Uh, basically all the viewers that you've seen in the games, um, uh, basically were sent to this prison planet because they tried to arrange some kind of a coup or something on their, mm-hmm. on their home planet. And that's how they all ended up. But, but Vero, it is, it's a neighboring Vero. place, the prison colony, So it has, it has tech because of that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we haven't fleshed it all out, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, but... We haven't needed to. In the for, in the Crashlands yeah. manual, there is a bunch of info about sort of what happened in the backstory uh, mm-hmm. with the Virus. if you go to crashlands.net, we have a little link to the manual, and you can kind of read about about that stuff. So, it is the case that, you know, the Viru had been living... So, they, like, they get exiled to this planet, and much like Australia, they just developed a flourishing, flourishing yep. civilization there. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, so... And of course, everything is trying to kill them all. It's basically Australia. I mean, we're Australia, <laughs> so, everything's you know. poisonous and huge. Yep. Uh, and then the next question is kind of related, which is, uh, from sling. 7 and bros. All right. Or, and bros. Just two words.
1: Uh, what is, <laughs> what is juice in roid rage? Hmm. So a uh, juice is a, is a sort of our fundamental energy system in a lot of our games, actually. So, this this will we will take play will appear in scuffle buddies as well. Yeah, we'll give that away. Um, we we'll got
0: some new interesting spins on juice as yeah. well. Yeah,
1: so uh, so juice is sort of this energy concept, and so the idea with the, with planet whoa, Nope is that it happens to almost anomalously be uh, sort of saturated in juice. Yeah, which, it's got a juice core. Yeah, which just uh, for for the what that means for the the planet. Almost think about like radioactivity. I guess probably a good sort of parallel to it. Which is it's just a sort of wildly fluctuating energy source. And naturally, the reason there's so much sentient life, for example, on Moon Open Theory has to do something with also the correlation with how much juice there is and just how much how big the creatures get, how magical things happen, all this other stuff, is all sort of bound into this uh, this wild energy source called juice. And there's a few different types of it in theory. We haven't necessarily we've dealt we dove into that with one of the previous games that we actually shelved before landing on scuffle buddies. Um, so that may make an appearance in in Scuffle Buddies as well. So
0: Yeah, it will. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we don't know. I don't know anything, about it. Don't know anything. <laughs> uh, All right. And then uh, next question comes from Skogist, who says, why does Crashlands have a kind of straight on isometric perspective for the tiles instead of the more typical diagonal isometric perspective that Quadrupus Rampage used?
1: Well, you answer that. So I think it's
0: a um, that's a programming problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it well, it's a combo
1: art and programming problem. So isometric art, if you're doing it perfectly, is a tremendous pain in the ass. Well, we should. So there's that. We should
0: clarify what these things mean. So isometric just means that there's no uh, perspective shifting as things move farther away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then there's also an axonometric grid where things are diagonal, like the diamond-shaped grid. Mm-hmm. And then there's a rectangular grid, which is what Crashlands uses. So, Quadrupus Rampage uses the, diagon- the diagonal diamond-shaped grid. Um, they're both in an isometric perspective. It's just basically how is the grid rotated is the question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time of Crashlands, I was just uh, just didn't have the the insight or skill to figure out like, how do we do things like world spawning and despawning with this weird grid shape? And Sam was also a little uncomfortable with having to draw a third side for every object in the game. Right. So if you think about like a cube, yeah, it's 50% more sides. Yeah. If you're looking at that, if you're looking at a cube straight from the front, it just looks like a square if you look at it sort of like from the front, but then like move the camera up a little bit, like a little bit of a top down thing. Now it's like two squares. Right. Um, and if you put it on a diagonal grid, rotate that cube. There's three faces of that cube. Right. Mm -hmm. And so making something in like a, like a 2d side scroller, we're just looking at things from one side. That's a lot less, like a lot fewer things to kind of process in your brain while you're drawing stuff. Um, top down like Crashlands, you know, it's a little bit harder, but it's manageable.
1: And especially what we did is we cast all the portraits and all the creatures and stuff are basically in a portrait view. So, yeah. uh, they're, they're more flat and they look a little bit to, they look down and right. And uh, as far as how they're actually created and exported. Yeah. So that we can make them go up without actually changing the direction, which some people don't realize is like a comical thing that happens. Is people say, Oh wow, I really like the animation. Like how the characters look the other way when they go like up and down, I'm like, that does not happen. Like, yeah. yeah, they might yeah. just filling the gas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Everything is always looking at the camera. Yeah. Uh, even when it's running away from the camera. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I would love to see like a 3D rendering of what this would actually look like because it's <laughs> like, like if a Wampit is running upwards on the screen and Flux is running upwards to chase it, then they're both facing away, away from the direction that they're running yeah. and they're both like running
1: <laughs> backwards and one of them is chasing the other. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's pretty weird. It's um, pretty weird. But uh, the reason this becomes a problem though isn't because of the angle of the grid and, and all this kind of stuff. Because it is, it is still all the same. Because there's no reason you have to have thing have a thing drawn on the grid be in exactly the same orientation right. as the grid, unless you have a crafting game where you need to put walls next to each other mm-hmm. or other rectangular components that need to be facing in a consistent direction so that they can be like rotated against one wall or whatever. As soon as you have that, now you can't just have things face arbitrary directions anymore. Yeah. Because they have to go together in some way, which means you need some sort of coherent plan for so, how things are oriented in space. Yeah. And that probably should follow the, the grid because it's going to feel right. better. You know, the so base building kind of gets. Yeah. Gets base, base building is, is I think, for Crashlands in particular was, uh, well, it wasn't the thing that required it to be that way, but was the thing that made it so that it. Made it easier to manage. It made it way easier to manage. Yeah, by we needed a, the basic point is that we needed to simplify along some dimension somewhere, and that yeah. was the one we ripped out. Well, because- and we should say for the new game, um, we actually had this discussion of you know mm-hmm. which how do we put things, uh, with the end result being that well if we if we just minimize the number of things that that are rectangular and positioned relative to one another, uh, then we can use whatever grid we want and draw things whatever orientation we want, and it's fine because. Which it actually doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? And so that's kind of that's kind of what we're striving for with this one is have things be more organic most of the time, uh, with a more limited set of things that actually follow the grid. And then because things they just look better because they're more three D when they adhere when they adhere to the diamond shape, mm-hmm. you know, yep. grid. And uh, and so that way, if we just only have to draw a few of those because they're very difficult, as Sam was saying, uh, but put them on that grid, and then everything else is kind of more free to do whatever it wants. Then you kind of get the best of everything. Yeah, and
0: things got hit this point things got at this weird point with doing a, the diagonal grid where if you're really sticking to the grid, so look at a game like bastion, right? Which mm-hmm. is like, they really stuck to that perspective. Um, which means they had to do an insane amount of work to get the character rendered properly in all these different dimensions mm-hmm. and to make everything look like it fit. And at a certain point you're looking at this and there's a question, which is like, could this just be in 3d? Yeah. I mean, like you're doing so much work to draw stuff to make it look 3D. Right. Could you just do it in 3D? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we got we to gotta make sure that we don't do so much extra work past the line of, you know, what's acceptable that it just doesn't make sense why we would be making a 2D game right. anyways. Um, so yeah, but yeah, we, we are doing a lot more experiments and we are trying to push the envelope and, and make our worlds look more organic and better mm-hmm. in the future. Eh. Not going <laughs> to... gonna give anything away um all right so we have one final question which is from angry muffin Mm. and again this is another this is pretty deep um angry muffin says there hasn't been any noticeably loud nudity on the podcast (laughs) recently why is this Mm, that's true what's going on guys
1: (laughs) yeah I mean it is fall. It is fall. So uh, it's getting a little colder. It's getting a little colder. You got all it these isn't layers cold yet though. And you know, if you're covered in layers, it's just harder and harder to strip. I think down. it's actually I think it's more this is this is this is one of the problems that comes from, you know, growing the student and becoming more professional, which is you that there's just a neat. lot less nudity. There's a lot and it has to be, it has to be way quieter. Way yeah, quieter
0: you know. when it, when there, it is there. Yeah. You got to yeah. really, we yeah, have, now we I have think, sound dampened, uh, walls in here right. now. Mm-hmm. So you just, you they just absorb
1: the nudity, they absorb the nudity sounds. Yeah. So I think that's been the, the biggest constraint on, on nudity volume. But again, I mean, I think <laughs> it's, it's just been the, the growing professionalism of our studio. yeah And it's important to remember that
0: it's in there. You know, uh, and like, we do have that explicit tag on, uh, Apple podcasts mm-hmm, because yep. that's of, you know there's nudity that's in how there. you know there's nudity in that podcast. <laughs> yep. Um, but it is the case, you know, we have better mics now. We've got, we, we got some moving blankets and we stapled them to the mm-hmm. ceiling. So now that we're sort of encased in this sound dampened area. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some stuff going on, but it's just very, is absorbed, mm-hmm. you know, the yep. mics are very directional. The nudity is always there. Really, It's always there. Uh, And I mean, one of the things that they don't, we don't have to talk about is like we have the Crashlands documentary Mm -hmm. and uh, literally every, every body part that is off camera is naked. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. It's, you just, it's it's, it's wild.
1: It's a a remarkable feat too because as a camera pans across somebody, it's
0: just, it's just clothes coming off and on. (laughs)
1: If you listen really closely, you can just hear the rustling of (laughs) nudity in the background. (laughs) So man, but we have we just have had to stop. I mean, now that we also have health care for the company, it's just still yeah. very official. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's you got to... Uh, get that code of conduct. Quiet nudity only, please. Use your, yeah. inside, <laughs> your inside your inside nudity inside voices. Nudity. None of this, none
0: of this sort of like kind of nudity you'd use. You know, walking Outdoors. down the street. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. unpro- crazy. that's unprofessional. Uh, all right, so. That's all. Thanks for the question, Angry really uh, <laughs> so That's all the time we have for this week. Uh, we'd like to thank our studio Wrangler, Monique, for putting this episode together and our producer, Fat Barb, for making us sound good. And the Bees Gotcha Dev Team, Annie Tifa, and Sure, for continuing to build stuff while we're in here chatting. Also, special thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Bees Gotcha community, hop into our Discord server, which is at bit.ly slash bsdiscord. We have a special podcast channel in there. You can just come on in, say hi, talk about you know, things that we Neatity. covered on the podcast. Mostly nudity. Uh, also, we have a actually, mailbox. don't
1: talk too much about nudity in there. <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, preferably, <don't>. actually zero. <laughs> zero would be ideal. But candy's fine. Yeah.
0: Speaking of candy, we have a mailbox. So if you want to send us some candy, uh, head on over to mailbox.bscatcher.net. We'll eat it mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. Uh, also, we depend on word of mouth and great reviews to get new listeners. And right now, we're we're trying to hit 100 iTunes reviews or Apple podcast reviews. So uh, if you're listening on that platform... You can help us out by going over to bit.ly slash CWB Apple. Leave us five stars. It'll help others find us and uh, let us spread butterscotch all over the internet. Thank you all
1: for listening, and we'll see you next also, week. Also, wait, no. Also, go, go to shop.bscotch.net. Oh, yeah. Go to shop.bscotch.net. I know we talked about it earlier, but that was like an hour ago. Cover yeah, your nudity
0: in butterscotch swag. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that go- should be the tag. Like on
0: the store. <laughs> Cover that shit up. All right. (laughs) Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.